Connects Talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This life science-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we're discussing FDA approval of first oral treatment for depression and Bluebird's $2.8 million gene therapy FDA approval. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Sydney Perlmutter and Vera Kovacevic. Thanks for coming today. I'm going to start us off with a story about an approval for a new rapid-acting oral treatment for depression. So Axome's Ability has won FDA approval for the treatment of major depressive disorder, or MDD. Um, Major depressive disorder is also known as clinical depression. So Avelity offers many firsts, including being the first and only rapid-acting oral medication, as well as the first and only oral NMDA receptor antagonist approved for the treatment of MDD. So what sets Avelity apart from other antidepressants on the market is its ability to act fast. Now, compared to the six to eight weeks that it typically takes conventional antidepressants to take effect, Avelity's effects can be seen in as little as one week. In addition, Axome Therapeutics says that Avelity is the first oral MDD medication with a new mechanism of action to hit the market in more than 60 years. So Avelity actually consists of two main drugs, bupropion and dextromethorphan. And bupropion acts on the NMDA receptor, while dextromethorphan acts on the sigma-1 receptor in the brain. So the drug has dual action as it targets two receptors. Um, And these receptors are key in mediating the effects of depression and neurological symptoms of depression. So the FDA granted Avelity breakthrough therapy designation back in March 2019, and Axum Therapeutics says that it, it expects to launch Avelity in the fourth quarter of this year, um, and the company is still determining its price, and uh, they should have a price set in the next couple of weeks. So although there are other antidepressants, um, specifically NMDA receptor antagonists on the market. Uh, for example, you have Johnson & Johnson's NMDA receptor antagonist Spravato in nasal spray form, uh, which was first approved by the FDA in 2019. Um, uh, it was first approved for the treatment of um, treatment-resistant depression and then for MDD in 2020. But it has a more limited um, uh, and narrow uh, label than Avelity, which can be used as a frontline therapy. So the approval of a new medication for the treatment of depression is significant um, given the limited treatment options um, for depression as well as rising rates of the condition. And rates of depression increased even more so during the COVID-19 pandemic. I I think I saw in some report um, that rates increased by as much as threefold during the pandemic. 
And therefore, um, the need for new treatment options um, is incredibly important given the significant unmet need. So Avelity's approval was based on clinical data from 1,100 patients with depression. The study um, was called the Gemini study. It was a placebo-controlled study. And in that, Avelity was found to have a statistically significant improvement in depressive symptoms as measured by the Montgomery Asperg Depression Rating scale, Scale, or MADRS, at week six compared to placebo. And this was the study's primary endpoint. Now, the difference in change in MADRS total scores from baseline between Avelity and placebo was statistically significant at week one, as well as at week two. In a confirmatory study called ASCEND, Avelity was found to be statistically significantly superior to bupropion sustained release tablets um, given twice daily on the primary outcome measure, which evaluated an average of MADRS scores measured as a change from baseline from week one to week six. Now, in addition, as uh, Axome looks to roll out and launch Avelity, the company says that it will also have a patient support program called Avelity On My Side. The company says that the program will offer comprehensive patient support services, including the Avelity On My Side savings card to help make treatment more affordable for eligible commercially insured patients. Other features of the program include a samples program, prior authorization support, as well as other patient support tools. Axome says all of the programs will be available right at um, launch. Now, the FDA approval for Avelity had a couple of hiccups along the way, so Axome had to address some concerns that the FDA had raised as related to the Chemistry Manufacturing and Controls, or CMC, um, but these concerns were addressed and resolved earlier this year, according to Axome. And Axome has a couple of other um, treatments and, and drugs in its pipeline, so Axome Recently, actually, you know, it was it's developing a migraine treatment, but unfortunately that was rejected by the FDA in May. Uh, the company is also developing drugs for nar- narcolepsy and fibromyalgia, and um, both of these new drugs could have uh, NDA filings in 2023. So I just wanted to get your thoughts about this new approval. Again, it's um, pretty groundbreaking because it's the first and only rapid acting oral treatment for depression. And are you surprised by, you know, rates of depression having increased during COVID? And I just wanted to get your overall thoughts um, about this story. Yeah, well, I guess because of its new mechanism of action, right? It works uh, faster than a lot of currently available therapies um, for MDD. So it was surprising to me personally, like one week, could they notice like a significant mm-hmm. improvement in symptoms? Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, like that was assessed by, uh, you know, clinicians. And they did use what you mentioned, like the MADRS scale. So yeah. like they look at different um, clinical symptoms of depression, like you know, their apparent sadness, their reported sadness, uh, reduced sleep, reduced mm-hmm. appetite, concentration, difficulty, um, and other things. Mm-hmm. So I, I 
was once again surprised that it took only a week. Mm. But once again, it is the new mechanism of action of this drug compared to other drugs that's probably um, causing that. Yeah, and there are two, actually, two different drugs um, in this one treatment. And so um, I think, you know, targeting, I think that's, you know, become, that's uh, more of a thing that you're targeting two pathways or two different receptors here. And so you um, are getting a more potent effect. Yeah, and uh, personally, I wasn't surprised at the fact that depression rates have gone up because the pandemic has been so difficult for Mm-hmm. many people and and just not going outside as much or not having yeah. that face-to-face interaction with people I, I I do think that has had an influence so yeah definitely not surprising that rates of depression um, you know have gone up during the pandemic but I was I was actually surprised to see that it went up as much as threefold according to that one study I came across so it's very, very significant. And again, like, um, I also didn't know that conventional treatments on the market for depression, they take, you know, six to eight weeks to take effect. That's quite a long time. And so um, having this new drug that can, um, you know, that patients can see results in as little as a week, I think it's groundbreaking. I think, you know, um, it's such a difficult, difficult condition. I think there's so much variation, variability, um, in terms of also the severity can vary. Um, and so I think this is very, very um, significant, a very significant approval. And also, you know, having a medication in oral format, that's always going to open up um, greater accessibility for patients in terms of how they can take the medication. And um, yeah, I think this is really great. I also wonder if the pandemic may be sped up this process um, of, oh, of creating yeah. a new drug too. I mean, we've, we've talked about other things aside from vaccines that have come out, um, you know, of the pandemic. And I wonder if this is just another one of those things. Like when, when do you know, uh, if you know, um, was this first uh, in development or um, clinical trials? Yeah, so it's been a couple of years, but um, as I mentioned, the FDA had granted the drug breakthrough therapy designation in March 2019. So this was Mm. a year before the pandemic. But you're right. You know, I think a lot of um, the approvals we're seeing might be impacted by um, the, the sort of the realization that it is possible to speed up and accelerate drug approvals, like with the COVID-19 vaccines, right? So I think we're seeing maybe a lot of drugs that might have taken, you know, a bit longer to get approvals, like you're seeing um, the FDA and other regulatory agencies really sort of um, stepping up and addressing um, and trying to get these approvals through. And then, you know, a lot of these drugs, you know, go through some setbacks, you know, like manufacturing concerns or other the red flags or other flags um, that the FDA may raise. And uh, those are quickly resolved, it seems like, just in a couple of months. And I've noticed this trend um, with some of the other approvals that I've written about as well. It's not like they're just sitting there for like months or years to address it. It, it, it seems like the balls are rolling, essentially, So, which is great to see. And yeah, you're right, Sydney. It might definitely be an outcome of the pandemic and the approval of the vaccines in terms of their... Um, timelines and uh, rapid accelerated uh, approvals all right let's move on to another story and this is actually another landmark fda approval 
So Bluebird's um, gene therapy, Zinteglo, has won FDA approval for the treatment of beta thalassemia. Now, Bluebird Bio's gene therapy, Zinteglo, has been awarded a much-anticipated approval from the FDA for the treatment of adult and pediatric patients with beta thalassemia who require regular blood transfusions. The drug is worth Okay, brace yourself, $2.8 million, but I will explain how this is not um, so far-fetched or so unexpected for a gene therapy, and uh, I'll go into some of the reasons as to why as well. So Bluebird specializes in the development of gene therapies, and currently it has a total of three gene therapies in its pipeline. So Zintegla is also known as uh, baby cell, and it's short for baby beglogene auto tem cell. And um, there is, along with this drug, there's also one being developed for a sickle cell. And it was approved in Europe as Skysona or LE cell. And there is another drug being jointly developed with Bristol Myers Squibb for melanoma. So Bluebird is quite busy in the gene therapy arena with its uh, candidate uh, therapies. Now, the road to Zinteglo's approval for beta thalassemia was a bit rocky and included a couple of setbacks. One was a recent FDA delay in June over production test concerns. Um, but Bluebird Bio says that such setbacks are expected for a company that's at the frontier of developing gene therapies for rare diseases. So beta thalassemia is a rare inherited blood disorder caused by mutations in the beta globin gene. Um, and this leads to a reduction or complete absence of the beta chains of the oxygen carrying hemoglobin protein in red blood cells. The estimated incidence of beta thalassemia is worldwide is one in 100,000. And symptoms of the disorder include fatigue, pale skin, weak bones, slow or delayed growth, and enlarged spleen, among others. Now, the most severe form of the disease is sometimes called transfusion-dependent beta thalassemia or beta thalassemia major. And patients with this severe form can develop microcytic anemia, which is characterized by having very small red blood cells due to reduced amounts of the hemoglobin protein beta chains. And so this may necessitate the need for regular blood transfusions every two to five weeks. And uh, so Zinteglo is, uh, again, a groundbreaking new treatment for um, this severe form of beta thalassemia. So Zinteglo is administered as a one-time treatment, and each dose consists of a patient's own bone marrow stem cells, which are taken from the patient and then engineered in a lab to make um, functional beta-globin protein through the insertion of working copies of the beta-globin gene. The cells are, again, prepared outside of the body, so ex vivo, and then they're infused back into the patient. Now, although the therapy is administered to the patient once, the treatment process has several steps, and these steps can take place uh, over the course of several months. And so Zinteglo's, again, I mentioned its price tag of $2.8 million seems staggering, but it's really in line with it being a gene therapy, a single one-time administered gene therapy. 
And, you know, we've seen a couple of other approvals for gene therapies this year and last year as well uh, for rare diseases. And their price tags have been comparable in the millions of dollars. Um, but gene therapies are expensive to develop. So, um, and actually Bluebird Bio has uh, faced a lot of losses in trying to get its gene therapies developed and uh, to approval. So the company's market valuation actually nosedived from nearly $10 billion in 2018 to just above $250 million currently. Um, and this is after, you know, it had invested billions of dollars into developing its products. And so the approval of Zinteglo is the much needed, as I was, you know, writing in this piece, a vote of confidence for this company. Um, and above all, the approval delivers a potentially curative, um, curative treatment to beta thalassemia patients. So Bluebird Bio says that it has the longest and most robust clinical program in transfusion-dependent beta thalassemia, again, the most severe form of this condition in the field of gene therapy. And the drug or the therapy's approval was based on data from Bluebird Bio's phase three studies um, and a long-term follow-up study as well. So the studies included 41 patients aged four to 34 years old with longest follow-up being four years. And these studies on average were two years in length. Among the study group, 89% of patients achieved transfusion independence, which means that they no longer needed red blood cell transfusions um, for at least 12 months. And the results were maintained as of last follow-up. Now, in coming to its decision, the FDA also had to weigh the benefit of the therapy against the risk that it may cause cancer, because as a gene therapy, you do have the concern of um, genes randomly inserting into places in the genome um, next to, let's say, oncogenes, and that may drive um, their uh, increased expression. So that that is a concern, but... Um, Bluebird um, has said that there have been no cases of cancer that were reported in the Zinteglo studies. However, a participant in the trial for Bluebird's sickle cell gene therapy did develop a form of leukemia. And although the two therapies are similar in design, they are manufactured differently. Now, in a press release, Bluebird said that the approval of Zinteglo is the culmination of nearly 10 years of clinical research of gene therapy in patients with transfusion-dependent beta thalassemia. So again, this therapy didn't um, come out overnight, and there were, again, billions of dollars and um, many, many years um, invested into the development of this treatment. Um, and again, Bluebird says that the delays and setbacks that it experienced on its road to approval for Zinteglo are not unique to the company. Gene therapies are expensive and complex to develop. So um, basically, um, you know, I, there were some experts also weighing in. Um, I think one was a professor from, of AAV gene therapy at the University of California, San Francisco. and. He said that any gene therapy company you can name off the top of your head, they're all facing the same problems around manufacturing and production controls. Um, so yeah, these kinds of setbacks are not unique to, to this one company. 
So uh, Zentaglo's weighty price tag actually posed to be an issue in Europe and Bluebird had to, as one of many setbacks, actually had to pull the drug shortly after it was approved in the EU um, because of issues of securing reimbursement payment plans and again, uh, manufacturing problems as well. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on this. And, uh, uh, you know, this is a good sign for Bluebird. I think um, they were saying that right after the, you know, the FDA approval, Zinteglo, um, the FDA approval for Zinteglo, uh, Bluebird Bios shares jumped about 7%. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this new gene therapy. We've been hearing a lot about gene cell and gene therapies. Um, recently with actual approvals coming through. So just wanted to get your thoughts about this. And do you think the $2.8 million price tag is warranted, especially if this is a one-time treatment that could be curative? Um, well, I think the, the thing with this gene therapy and many other gene therapies is that they know that it's curative up to the follow-up period. Right. Yeah. So they won't know if it's for life. Yeah. Um, and they don't promise that it's going to no. be curative for life. They yeah. say, listen, based upon our follow-up time, we know that, for example, these patients for this specific gene therapy are going to be transfusion-free for, Independent, you yeah. know, yeah, mm -hmm. for X amount of years. Yeah. Right? And that's all that they can say. Because mm -hmm. um, I think they require at least two years of follow-up data i think in this case it was actually four years where yeah the longest follow-up the was longest four was years. four years which yeah. is pretty good and i mean these patients will be continued to be followed um, yes for yeah, sure and it helps with with their patient burden like imagine like transfusions mm -hmm. every two to five weeks exactly yeah that's heavy patient burden and Absolutely. if they can get a one-time gene therapy that helps them for four years or five years that 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 is a big benefit for that's, people. That's huge, definitely. Um, but I did read that Bluebird, right? Their commercial strategy for Zinteglo, um, it did include a scheme to refund up to eighty percent mm. of Zinteglo's two point eight million dollar cost if a patient fails to achieve and maintain transfusion independence up to two oh. years after the administration of the gene therapy. So hmm. I think they are being fair and realistic by saying, look, we understand it's a it's a huge price um, that, you know, of course needs to be covered. Um, but if, if there isn't like a desired treatment effect for at least two years, like they will, they will refund like 80%. They'll give you your money back. <laughs> <laughs> or whoever covered the patient. Whoever covered the patient, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, um, they're confident that their therapy will last for at least two years. So that's that's pretty big um, that they're backing it with this 80 percent um, refund program or um, scheme that they're offering. But uh, yeah, I mean, payment it, like, you know, they had to actually pull, like I mentioned, pull the drug from the EU because they couldn't find sponsorships for um, you know, developing payment assistant plans. So that's a huge thing. Uh, behind these gene therapies and you know the cost it's like who does the cost come to you know you have government assistant programs and the company itself also offering its own programs because there's no way like the average person is going to be able to afford a 2.8 million dollar gene therapy but yeah again it's it's uh 
think I've mentioned this many times, but it's pretty cool because like 10 years ago, you know, you wouldn't really, it, it seemed like having gene therapies or approved gene therapies and actually making it to patients seemed so far off. Like the, the theory and the concept was there, but just bringing it to clinic and to patients um, was, there were a lot of hurdles and roadblocks along the way, but it's cool to see that we're finally seeing approvals um, now. And in the last couple of years, I think to the other approval that we talked about um, uh, in the last story, like how Sydney was saying that like, it seems like we're seeing maybe with COVID that, you know, regulatory agencies like the FDA are perhaps like paying more attention and trying to accelerate approvals. And it seems like this is the case with gene therapies too. In the last couple of years, we've seen a handful of gene therapies being approved for different conditions. So, yeah. Yeah. Or for example, the regulatory agency will give them like, for instance, a conditional marketing authorization, and then it, they will switch it to a standard marketing authorization once more data yeah. from the clinical trials comes exactly. in. Exactly, yeah. So that's also a great strategy. And just in general, like we've also been seeing a, not a trend, but um, in terms of rare diseases, really getting um, center stage and, uh, you know, a lot of focus and in terms of the importance of, of developing therapies for rare diseases that, you know, like in the past, it was kind of like, well, there was no money in it. And so that's why, you know, companies don't have the, have any incentive to develop um, therapies and treatments for rare diseases, which is really sad to hear back in the day. But now, like, there's a real focus on rare disease and uh, the development of treatments and for the patient. And I think that's really great to see that there is increased focus on, on that. All right, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media. Email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.